0: I believe that's enough announcements, let's get to the good stuff, John chapter 9, verse number 8, we're dealing with the blind man that Jesus had healed, the man who was born blind, He Jesus sent, he washed his eyes from the clay that Jesus put on, he came seeing, verse number 7, verse number 9, the neighbors therefore, and they which before had seen him that was blind said, is not this he that, was sat, that sat and begged. And some said, this is he. Others said, he is like him. He said, it's me. Come on, it's me. Can't you hear his voice? Come on, read the Bible with imagination. He's not, it's me. No, he, he's, don't you know who I am? I was blind. I, I can see now. Therefore said they unto him, well, how were thine eyes opened? Something's changed. He answered and said, notice a man That is called Jesus made clay and anointed mine eyes, and said unto me, Go wash, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed, and I received sight. Then said they unto him, Where is he? He said, I know not. They brought him to the Pharisees, that aforetime was blind. And it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made clay and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. And he said unto them, He put clay upon mine eyes, and I washed and do see. Pretty simple. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, This man is not of God, because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. We'll deal with that in just a little bit. Others said, How can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division among them. They say unto the blind man again, What sayest thou of him? that opened that, uh, that he that opened thine eyes. He said, He is a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him that had received his sight. And they asked them, saying, Is this your son who ye say was born blind? How then doth he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son. And that he was born blind. By what mean, but by what means he now seeth, we know not. Or who hath opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age, ask him, he shall speak for himself. These words spake his parents because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was the Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Therefore said his parents, he is of age, ask him. Then asked, Then again they called the man that was blind and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know this man is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. They said, said to him again, What did he to thee? How opened he thine eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and ye did not hear. Wherefore would you hear it again? Will you also be his disciples? Then they reviled him and said, Thou art his disciple, but we are Moses' disciple. We know that God spake unto Moses, but as for this fellow, we know not whence he is. The man answered and said unto them, Why, herein is a marvelous thing. That ye know not from whence he is, yet he hath opened mine eyes. Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. They answered and said unto him, Thou wast. Altogether born in sins, and dost thou teach us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. And Jesus said, For judgment am I come into this world, that they which see not might see, and that they which see might be made blind. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? Jesus said unto them, If ye were blind, ye would have no sin. But now ye say, We see, therefore Your sin remaineth. The title this morning is this, Seeing by Faith. Seeing by Faith. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come before you once again, and I know that in my own strength and in my own power, I cannot communicate your word the way that you would have it, Lord. We just pray that your spirit would uh, meet with us, Lord, that your word would speak to our hearts. I pray, Lord, that we would know more about you Jesus' name we pray, amen. Aren't you glad you can see this morning? I'm very glad you could see as you were driving here this morning. That could have been very detrimental if you weren't, okay? We may have seen someone who are like, I don't know, driving is like, I don't know if they can see, I don't, at least they're not looking at the road, okay? Being able to see is something that is very helpful, in fact, essential to life. It, it is. At least being able to operate. There are, there are those who are handicapped, who are not able to see, and they're able, uh, physically see, and they're able to operate in some things. But I'm so thankful that the Lord has given me the ability to see, physically see. There's some wonderful things that I have gotten to see in my life. As a young boy, I remember traveling down to uh, Baltimore, Maryland and uh, visiting Fort McHenry. If you haven't been there as an American, you need to stop at Fort McHenry. And as they're telling the story of that, one of the things they do is they have you in a room and they're kind of showing you a film of that. And as as they finish the film, they have this... Uh, glass wall that's covered by a curtain you really don't think it's a glass wall but um, it's there it's dark and as they finish that and it goes into the star spangled banner the the curtain pulls back and you see the flag that's over the fort that's flying there now and it is massive and as an American that will move your heart as you get to you get to see that it's like wow that's pretty special but I remember on November 28th 2020 watching my future wife walk down the aisle towards me that's something by God's grace unless the Lord takes my memory from me I will never forget that was something I I'd been looking forward to seeing for many many years Lord when am I going to get married and then uh, there it was and that was the day I've gotten to see two of my children born and hold them it's wonderful Memories that you will never forget. There's some things that I wish I hadn't seen. I remember driving, uh, riding in the van back into the city on September 12th of 2001, seeing the pillar of smoke coming out of the southern tip of Manhattan there at what is now called Ground Zero. You know, I was eight years old at the time but I still remember, I saw something. Well, what we see affects us. Been to Arlington National Cemetery and just seen the rows and rows of flags. It moves your heart as you think about that. I see things I never want to see, like those who kneel for our national anthem and those who step on our flag and those who. Do, it, 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 I see it, and it's like I shouldn't be seeing this. This shouldn't be happening, and yet uh, the, the the ability to see moves our heart. The ability to see is so important. But even more important than the ability of physical sight. Is the ability to see things spiritually. And our text this morning is full of seeing blind people. It's full of people who can physically see Jesus but are completely blind to what is going on, to people in need of spiritual sight. Just to get a little bit of the context, we kind of uh, we read a lot of the text there, but just in the first verses, Jesus, as he had passed out of the temple, he passed by a blind man. He had taken notice of a man who uh, was born blind, and what Jesus did was he continued to do the works his father had given him while there was time. He said, "I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work." Jesus had taken notice of a man in a tragic situation. This was a man who was born blind. The the disciples asked a very uh, awkward question, we would say, but a question that the uh, Jewish leaders that we read referenced, that was altogether born in sin. They were convinced that this suffering had come on this man's life because of either a sin he had done when he was in the womb, which can't happen. You are alive in the womb, all right? But you're not going to sin in the womb, okay? God's not going to judge you for that. Or was it his parents' sin? That God was judging and Jesus makes it perfectly clear that this was not a result of God's judgment. Every tragic situation we see in our world is not a result of God pouring out his wrath on someone. There is just the tragedies of life. And Jesus did not make it clear exactly why this man was born blind. He did not necessarily um, react to that situation, but he did respond to the need of this man. Um, he took the opportunity. He, he saw this man is in need. This man uh, has um, a much great, has a physical need, but he has an even greater spiritual need. This is an opportunity to do the works. Of the Father the works of him that sent me so Jesus spat on the ground he made clay a big sticky mess he smeared it on the guy's face up to this point the man still cannot see right everybody with me he, he still cannot see up to this point Jesus tells him you go wash in the pool of Siloam and it was only after that man had washed his eyes in obedience to Jesus Christ that he was able to see physically Jesus was compelled to bring healing to this man who was born blind because Jesus wanted to reveal the works of God. He wanted to demonstrate again, this is the power of God. This is what God can do. This is what God in heaven wants to accomplish in lives. By the way, there's tragic situations everywhere that we run into. And sometimes our heart is burdened for that. Sometimes um, it might be easier to say, man... They must have done something really bad to end up in this type of mess. But really, if we, if we um, understand things correctly, once we get saved, we can see this is an opportunity to do the work of God. This is an opportunity to show them the power of God. This is an opportunity to take notice that this is, um, someone is hurting. You know what they need most of all is Jesus Christ. And uh, not beating people over the head with the gospel. No, but sharing the love, sharing the goodness of Christ with people so that they can have what they truly need. Jesus didn't perform this miracle just to help this man physically. Okay? Now, Jesus loves us. He cares about our needs. He knows what's going on. But Jesus revealed the purpose of the miracle was to do the works of the Father wasn't just to make people feel better. It wasn't just to make the world a better place and we can have, all have peace together for Christmas and then get back to fighting each other on December 26th. Uh, that's not what Jesus is interested in doing. He's interested in doing the works of the Father, which is introducing people to His Father, bringing them into a right relationship with Jesus Christ so they can be born again, saved. He performed this miracle To manifest, that's what he says, verse number 3, that the works of God should be manifest, should be revealed, should be lifted up and displayed. And it was evident to everyone that God had done a miracle. It was evident to everyone that something had changed in the life of this beggar, right? He was a man who had been born blind, hopeless, doomed. To a life dependent on charity. He was a beggar. He was born blind. It wasn't like he had just had an accident and he had lost his vision because of an impact and he was hoping it would come back eventually or uh, something of that. No, he had never seen in his life. He had never seen his mother's face. He had never seen uh, the temple. He had never seen any of that. And yet Jesus had put the clay on his eyes, told him to go wash, and now he can see perfectly. His neighbors are going, We don't recognize you. Something's different. Yeah, he can see now, right? Uh, There is an incredible change, a noticeable change that has taken place. It was unbelievable to them that he could now see. There was a transformation that had taken place in his life. They had to know how could this possibly happen? This is impossible. This is amazing. This is, this is marvelous. By the way, when God does a work in someone's life, it's noticeable. God changes who you are on the inside. He changes how you think. He changes how you act. When God moves in, things change. Up to this point in Jesus' ministry, this is the most public. This is the most decisive miracle that Jesus has done. Yes, He fed the 5,000. That was an incredible miracle. But... This miracle was completely unprecedented. It was unexplainable outside of the power of God. Even to this day, with all of our medical advances, if someone has cataracts, there's surgery to fix that. If someone has vision loss, there's things they can do to help restore that. There's glasses. I'm wearing contacts right now. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to see the clock in the back, and then everybody would really be in trouble. right there's medical but there still isn't the ability for someone who is born blind to be able to see if someone truly lo- even loses their eyesight uh, there's the story of someone uh, their eye ruptured or something they're not going to get eyesight back they're, they've tried different. It, it's not really possible even if our medical advances today and up to that point in human history even in Bible history there's no record of someone who was born blind receiving their sight. This is something unprecedented. This is something completely outstanding. Over the past days, if we go back to John chapter 7 and John chapter 8, what have the Jewish leaders been doing to Jesus? You've got to prove where you're from. Where do you think you're from? Who do you think you are? Right? They've been... Clashing with Jesus. They've been um, trying to push Jesus around, push him, try pushing God around. It wasn't working then. It doesn't work now, by the way, okay? Uh, but they're right, they're trying to push Jesus into a corner. Um, prove us where your father is. You give us something that we can tangible that we can believe. You better show us and prove to us who you are. If a greater sign or a greater Proof. more evidence was needed that was what was holding the Pharisees back from believing on Jesus this fits the bill doesn't it okay if all they needed was just a little more evidence uh, one more sign okay we just we can't refute it anymore Jesus you've proved it to us beyond a shadow of a doubt you are the Son of God right uh, was Jesus communicating to them the word of God? Did Jesus want them to believe on him? Absolutely, okay? If, but if it was just one more sign that was needed, this fits the bill perfectly. Something that's never been done in human history. Something that a person that they knew had been healed. But instead of being amazed at this sign, instead of being humbled at this sign, what did the Pharisees do? What did the religious leaders do in our text this morning? Well, they sought... I'll, I'll answer the question, so i asked ask them the question, just so we can keep moving in the same line of thought. Okay, They sought every means available to invalidate the evidence of the sign. They sought every means available to discredit what Jesus had done. By the way, they utterly failed. In fact, their attempts to disprove Jesus only served to prove how great a miracle it truly was. Let's see what they did. Okay. First of all, they attempted to prove that Jesus was a sinner. By the way, this sign was something even a beggar could conclu- conclude and understand clearly, but the religious leaders couldn't. Okay? It, it, this isn't complicated, but first they attempt to prove that Jesus was a sinner. Okay, what did they do? In verse number, verse number 16, uh, they, they asked him, how did this happen? He made clay, he anointed my eyes, I washed and do see. Verse number 16, therefore said some of the Pharisees, this man is not of God. Can you just hear the tone of voice they're saying this? The conceited self-righteous, we got him. There's no way that they can prove that this is God. Because this man is a sinner. He broke the Sabbath day. Now, by the way, breaking the Sabbath at that time under the law was was sin. Okay? By the way, Sabbath was never Sunday. Sabbath was always on Saturday. Okay? And... Uh, the law strictly commands, thou shalt not do any servile work. You're not to do, go about your regular business on the Sabbath day. There was a man who was in the Old Testament, who was, they in, when they were in the wilderness, he was caught gathering sticks to start a fire on the Sabbath day, which was strictly prohibited in the law of God. He was stoned to death for it. Capital punishment. He was breaking the law of God. And so if Jesus had truly been breaking the law of God, he would have been a sinner. And he would not have been, he could not be the son of God. Right? Okay. But then why did they say Jesus broke the Sabbath? Well, Jesus did not break the law of God. Jesus did really mess with their traditions. Okay? Uh, Those who are supposed to know these things tell us that in the traditions of the rulers one thing specifically forbidden was to make clay on the Sabbath day. This is what Jesus had done. That is all they saw. The man had his eyes open. They could not see that. They saw a violation of the Sabbath because he violated their traditions. By the way there's a lot of people who dis- totally discredit God because he messes with what they've always thought or what they've always heard. That's not possibly the way God could work. That's not the way I've heard it. That's not what the church fathers say. By the way, I'm sorry. People can say very good things, but this is the final authority. Nowhere in the law of God had it said that making clay was wrong. In fact, there was distinct uh, conditions in the law on the Sabbath day that you're to feed your animals okay, you weren't to go about your normal work earning a wage, but if an animal fell in a pit, you were to stop and you were to help them. If, if someone was drowning, you were to help them, okay, why? Because it was better to save a life. And so Jesus, as God, is in perfect keeping on the Sabbath day. He is helping a man who has never seen see. He was not doing work. He was doing the works of his father, which you're allowed to do on the Sabbath day, okay, right? He was, he was doing that. But they said, this man is a sinner. We've got him. But even some of the Pharisees, part of me wonders if this was Nicodemus, maybe Joseph of Arimathea, because the Sanhedrin's here. They go, how can a sinner work the power of God? Wait a second. You say he's a sinner, but someone who was born blind, their eyes are opened. That didn't work. Okay, we can't prove that this man's a sinner. Okay, we're going to prove that a miracle didn't take place at all. Call his parents. We're going to investigate, right? So they brought his parents in. Now you tell us that this either isn't your son or that he wasn't born blind. Okay, you talk about leaning on a witness. You talk about trying to uh, force an outcome here. That's I mean they're standing around them in all their uh, regalia robes, and they'd already announced that if anyone confesses that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ, uh, you're out of here. Not only just not just put out the idea of being put out of the synagogue is you're excommunicated from society. You are now treated like the sinner, the lowest sinner, the dirtiest scum on the street. That's who you are if you confess Jesus is Christ. So they're using every attempt at intimidation, every attempt to, to disprove the miracle of Jesus. The parents go, We know this is our son, and we know he's born blind. How he became blind, seeing, we don't know. We're not going to He's of age. You ask him those questions their attempts to disprove Jesus only served to validate Jesus. By the way, the attempts of this world to disprove the Bible, the attempts of this world to discredit the power of God only seek to further establish the inerrancy of Scripture and the power of God. This world cannot... Disprove God, it's been said that the Bible is the anvil, of, the anvil that all the hammers of the assaults have been broken over. God's word stands the test of time. It served only to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that the greatest miracle they've ever heard of had taken place. So they tried one more thing. They called the man back in. They had removed the son from his parents. You know, they were going to do separate investigations and they were going to compare the stories and they were going to find the inconsistencies and they were going to make sure they got it. Didn't work. So they called the man back in. Right? There in verse number 24, they called, a man that called uh, the man again, then again called they the man that was born blind and said unto him, give God the praise. We know this man's a sinner. All right? And you could say give God the praise, what, okay? We would say it maybe this way today. Do you swear to tell the whole truth, the, nothing, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help you God? Um, that was what it was. The, uh, Joshua, in the book of uh, Joshua, when he was dealing with a sin, he said, give God the praise, okay? Let's, would you speak the truth before God? This was almost a formal oath before someone would give uh, witness there. And so faced with the reality of the miracle... Here's what they're trying to do. They're trying to force the man to recant his testimony. Tell us that someone else than Jesus healed you. Uh, tell us that uh, something else happened. No, you, you need, you're going to go on. Uh, we're going to put you on the witness stand now, and we're going to try you for uh, lying uh, before uh, the Sanhedrin, and we're going to try you before this and for that and perjury, and we're going to bring you up on every charge we can. You, you're on the oath now. You better tell us the truth. You better, what they're really saying is, you better tell us what we want to hear. But here's what's his testimony. Verse number 25. Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. There's one thing I know. Whereas I was blind, now I see. I can't explain it, I can't tell the whole thing. But whereas I was blind, I knew I was blind, I'd never seen my mother's face until you dragged her here and into the Sanhedrin to, uh, for the Inquisition here. I'd never, I'd never seen uh, your ugly mugs before this either. Um, I'd never seen anything. But one thing I know, I'm having to put up with seeing you now. Unable to pressure him into changing his story, they throw him out of the synagogue. We're not dealing with this. You're lying to us. This man's a sinner. We're putting him out. Now, why had Jesus come? Jesus had come to give men spiritual sight. Jesus had come so that each of these men, including the religious leaders could be brought into a right relationship with God. Though this man had been physically healed by God, notice he did not yet know Jesus as the Son of God, as his Messiah, okay? He had had an encounter with Jesus, he had seen God do something miraculous in his life. He thought of Jesus very highly. First, he started out: this is a man called Jesus. Then he moved up: this is a prophet, and um, he must be of God, right? He's growing in his understanding of Jesus. He knows that Jesus could not possibly be a sinner, but this man has yet to believe on Jesus as the Son of God. Okay, while his eyes have been opened by Jesus. Why he had encountered the uh, why his physical life had been changed. He had encountered the power of God. He still didn't know who the Son of God was, right? Look at verse number uh, thirty-five. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. When he had found him, he said unto him, "Dost thou believe on the Son of God?" He answered and said, "Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him?" You know who this. You know what's true about this man still. He's still blind. He's still spiritually blind. Though he can see physically as well as the Pharisees, he's still blind. He doesn't want to be blind. He wants to believe on the Son of God. He, but Jesus said, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. This is me. I'm the Son of God. What did the man do? Confronted with the truth of Jesus Christ, he fell down, he worshipped Jesus as God. By the way, this word worship is important. The idea of worship is to prostrate yourself before a deity. This wasn't the man just saying, thank you so much. No, this is worship. This is something that belongs only to God. It belongs only to the God of heaven. As a Jewish man, he knew the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not bow down to any other graven images. Thou shalt not bow down to any other gods. He knew that, and yet he willingly worshipped it, and Jesus accepted it. There's great scholars and theologians, I use that term very loosely, who are blind themselves, who would say, Jesus never claimed to be God. Excuse me. He accepted worship that was directed to God as acceptable. He said, you should worship me. I am the Son of God. And can I tell you, at that moment, his eyes were opened spiritually, and he saw more than he had ever seen. He had saw more than if he had remained physically blind. At that moment, he knew who Jesus was. He came into a right relationship with God. It took him some time. To get to that point. One man said it this way He models the way of salvation, the turning from darkness to light. He grew from the man they called Jesus, verse number 11. He moves on to He is a prophet, verse number 17. He opened my eyes, verse number 30, to He is God, verse number 33, to finally, Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. And it was at that moment. Where he did not just know the truth, but he encountered the truth, he professed his faith in Christ, he called upon the Lord as Jesus, as his Savior, sight was born. He was healed. He was born again. He was made alive. But sadly, so many of those who had seen the same physical miracles refused to believe on Jesus Christ, right? They had gathered the evidence. It was beyond, beyond refutation. It was beyond, um, and there was no explanation other than the power of God, and yet they refused to believe on Jesus Christ. And Jesus would say, for judgment, I am come into the world, okay? He did not come to judge sin. He's gonna do that at the great white throne, judgment. Rather, the idea of the word judgment there is is it denotes a result, not an action. Okay. Jesus came in for judgment so that there is now a crisis. He did not come to judge but to force men to judge, to discern, to decide. He came in judgment so that people will either believe or not. Jesus isn't the one doing the judgment, but he has created a judgment. You will either believe on him or you will not. You will either trust him or you will not. Brother the Sam said it this way, some may say, Lord, I don't see, but I believe. And immediately their eyes are opened. But some may say, Lord, I see fine without you. And they remain blind. See Spiritual sight comes by faith, not by more miracles. Spiritual sight comes by faith, not by more miracles. The blind man truly saw when others had witnessed this miracle, when others who had witnessed this miracle remained spiritually blind, how did he receive a sight when others who saw the same miracle remained blind? It's because he believed on Jesus Christ as the Son of God he called on the name of Jesus Christ when he placed his faith in Jesus Christ he saw it didn't matter the the miracles they can help uh, teach us they can help show us absolutely but where sight comes from is not more proofs more evidence I just need a little more evidence no sight comes not from seeing the evidence but from believing in faith and that's when God gives sight our story is full of blind men who had an encounter with Jesus? By the way, every time you're under the preaching of God's Word, you have an encounter with Jesus. You have an encounter with the truth of God's word. There are those who cling tightly to their traditions and will never let go, even when confronted with the indisputable power of God. They're going to cling on to cling to what they've always believed. The blind man also had a spiritual counter. He had God do something in his life. I don't know how many people I've met. They don't go to church. They never read their Bibles. They have no clue whether they are saved or not. Can I tell you this? There's blind, spiritually speaking, as whatever you want, to, as whatever um, illustration, they have no idea, and yet they're going to say things like this: God has done so many things, wonderful things in my life." I prayed and God has answered because God is good. But just having God work in your life or being able to see the hand of God at work in your family doesn't mean that you have spiritual sight. There are people who say, oh, God does, God does so much wonderful things and I just reach out and I feel God. Wait a second. The question is, is there faith in God? Have you placed your faith in? Because it's not miracles that give sight. The parents and the neighbors they saw someone they knew touched by the power of God. Yet that didn't give them sight. It wasn't seeing something happen that gave them sight. Because being confronted with by a miracle does not give anyone sight. Simply seeing the power of God does not give someone spiritual birth, a spiritual life. I met a man. Uh, I go to the library there and I study and uh, preparing for sermons. And there's a man I've met a couple times and... He claims, um, I'm, I'm not doubting his claims or something, but he says, I'm a physicist and would claim he has done all this incredible research and studied all the things. Things creation gives evidence of God all over the place. How does our solar system hold together? There's no explanation other than the power of God. How do monkeys still give birth to monkeys while human beings have always given birth to human beings? It's because God created them. There is is no explanation other than the power of God. And yet here is a man who has studied cells, who has studied how things are put together. Can I tell you, God's fingerprints are all over everything. And though he can see the power of God, that doesn't mean he has sight He wanted to talk to me not about the big bang, but apparently about the big bounce. Or apparently that's what it's called now. About everything started bouncing together until it came together. Now I've seen things bounce as they've come apart. But I've never seen things bounce and come together. I promise. But isn't that just a tragic illustration of someone who can see the power of God and yet is completely blind to it? There are people who can see it and don't care. I don't think people in this auditorium are of that category. There are some people, like the parents, who are more interested in keeping their status and keeping things as status quo. I don't want, any, I don't want to make any waves. I don't, I don't want to be kicked out of my family. I just want to keep things the way they are. And so I, I just, I'm just not going to deal with this right now. They're going to still remain blind. Have a nice day. I'm good with my God. I'm good with how things are. I don't want to rock the boat. I got what I want. But there are those who are touched by the power of God and cannot but surrender to it and say, Lord, I believe. Lord, will you save me? And can I tell you what God's power can do? He can save any person. Who does that he can take your life and he can give you sight that you've never had he can change your eternal destiny from the pits of hell to the glories of heaven and what just by his voice just by his power how is that how is that accomplished by faith Lord I believe and he worshiped him he was healed he was given spiritual sight he understood. Can I tell you? that I'm thankful for the day I got saved when God's power changed my life. And now I'm a child of God and I know that heaven is my home and I, I know what God can do in my life because, not because all the evidence packed up and I'm able to sit, no, 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 because I believed God by faith. I took God at His word and trusted Him. But the same is true for the, once you get saved, the same truth is how we live this life. How many people would say, I have? There's many people in this room would say, I have a testimony of salvation. I know the day I got saved. I know that I've trusted in Jesus Christ by faith and He saved me. Well, then how do we walk with God? We walk by faith and not by sight. There's many Christians who would say, well... I'm not accusing it, I'm just trying to paint a picture sometimes in our own minds. We could say, well, if I'm going to do this for God, I really need to see some evidence here, and I need to see God meet this and meet this, and then, uh, then I'll do this, and then I'll uh, get more faithful to church, and then I'll start participating in this. And wait a second. We walk by faith and not by sight. How do we receive the sight to continue walking with God? We, the same way we got saved, by faith. Lord, I believe. Whatever you want me to do, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. The Bible says, but without faith, it's impossible to please Him." God not only wants to give us sight, salvation. He wants to teach us to walk in the way. I don't know what each person is struggling with this morning, but so you say, Pastor, I, I know I'm. There may be one here that says, "I don't know I'm saved." Can I tell you, Jesus Christ can give you sight this morning if you'll just believe in Him by faith. But there, I believe, would be many in this room who could say, "I, I know I'm saved. I know when I trusted that. Well, here's the question. Are you still living by faith? Are you trusting in the Lord? Are you saying, Lord, I believe. It's one step at a time. It's an obedience to his word. It's following him. We may not see how everything's gonna work out, but it's not seeing the miracles. It's living by faith. When we live by faith, that's when we see the miracles. The walls of Jericho don't fall down until you march around the city seven days. The Red Sea doesn't open until Moses lifted and the people started forward. Uh, the The lion's mouths weren't stopped until Daniel ended up in the lion's den. But half the time we go, Lord, I need to see their mouths taped shut before I'm doing that. Spiritual sight comes from faith in Christ, not more miracles. What has God told us to do? Let's just do it, and He'll bless as only He can. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come before you this morning, and we thank you for who you are. We thank for how you want to work in our lives. Lord, we're praising you for your name and for your goodness, and thank you, Lord, that you would help us. To just live by faith. To just trust you. Just follow you. Lord, if there's one who's not saved, I pray that this morning would be the day of salvation. And Lord, I pray that you would help us all to walk by faith, not by sight. In Jesus' name we pray. We'll take a moment as the piano begins to play. Something you're dealing with, you need to be saved this morning. Let's take some business. Let's do some work time. Let's do some business with the Lord. Say, Lord, I don't know how to walk by faith yet, but would you help me? If you ask him, he will. Lord, I believe. Help me to follow you. Just take a moment and do some business with the Lord.